The readings this Sunday, our third Sunday of Advent, are unified by the theme of rejoicing. That's why we light the rose-colored candle in the Advent wreath and we wear the rose-colored vestments as a sign of our joy that we have passed the midpoint of Advent. If any are practicing small penances during this milder penitential season, we take a break from our practices of self-denial this Sunday in order to celebrate that Christmas is drawing near. So we have this theme of rejoicing. Why rejoice? Christ's coming is good news. Good news to those who are aware of their emptiness, their need. Good news for those who are aware of their emptiness. But it spells loss for those who are full of themselves, their own importance, and their possessions. Our readings provide a good meditation on this role of joy in the Christian life. We have this line from the first reading in Isaiah, God is the joy of my soul. God is the joy of my soul. Some of you may remember Monsignor McLean Cummings. He was in this parish what, 20, 20 some years ago, the title of that book was The Joy of My Soul. God is the Joy of My Soul, the collection of his homilies from right here at St. John's Vernon Park. That's probably where he got it. It must have been from Isaiah, our first reading today. This is so true that God is the joy of my soul, but how often are we tempted to put something else into that line or fill in the blank? Instead of God being the joy of our soul, what is it or what do you or what have you been tempted to put there to fill in the blank? Can you honestly say, God is the joy of my soul, like Isaiah 61 verse 10? Let's think about that. How do we fill in that blank? Is it money? Is it success? Is it popularity? Is it some created good or thing, a material thing, our house, maybe our beach house, your car? Clothes, your new hairdo, <laughs> how we look, our vanity. Is it alcohol? Is it coffee? Is it whatever food? Is it medical marijuana? Is it whatever pleasure? The NFL, the Ravens, baseball, pick your sport, pick your poison. It could even be your hobby. Today, this Sunday, this third Sunday of Advent, is a time to rejoice for all those, all of us, who put God in that blank. Isaiah 61, verse 10, God is the joy of my soul. If it's not God, then let's make it God. God is the joy of my soul, and God is a redeemer. He sent the redeemer, his son. God has truly been good to us. He has given all of us life. He loves us so much, he proved it at the cross. He became one of us in the manger at the nativity. He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God, St. Paul tells us. So what if there are problems of various sorts in our lives? Our health, financial problems, political issues, and the list goes on. Our happiness is not in those things. In my God is the joy of my soul. In keeping with this theme of joy, the responsorial psalm today, surprisingly, is not from the psalms. It's from Luke's Gospel, chapter 1. It's the Magnificat of the Blessed Mother, Our Lady's Magnificat. Mary is the first Christian. 
She's the first person to be united as one flesh with Jesus. She is taking up into the mission of Jesus, the messianic mission of Christ, to proclaim good news, liberty to captives, release to prisoners, to announce a year of favor from the Lord, as we heard in the first reading in Isaiah, to, and to find in God the joy of her soul. We hear Mary proclaim that God fills the hungry, that maybe the other word for the hungry, the oppressed, fills the hungry with good things. Think of the miracles and sending the rich oppressors away empty. We at Mass take up Mary's words as our own, or we ought to take up Mary's words as our own. What is true of her is true of the church as a whole. God has done great things for her. God has done great things for us. He has filled the hungry with good things. There's a reference there to the Eucharist. He fills us. He feeds us every time we receive him, body and blood, at the Holy Mass in the state of grace. We at Mass are the spiritually hungry. Those who realize they are poor in spirit, as we learned from Matthew's Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. That is those who know they are nothing good in themselves, by themselves. So we come to Mass to feast on God, the joy of our souls. Meanwhile, the wealthy of this world, the elite, the stars, the entertainers, the celebrities, those who control the media, entertainment, education, government, they turn up their collective nose at the absurdity of what we do as Catholics each and every Sunday. Some call this medieval rituals that Catholics do every Sunday. So let's pray for them, let's pray for our society, our world, that they can see their poverty and join us to feast on the one good thing. And St. Paul today reminds us in our second reading to rejoice. It's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, rejoice always. This is a key text for rejoicing on today's Gaudete Sunday, Rejoicing Sunday, the third Sunday of Advent. How is it possible to rejoice always? In order to do that, we have to develop some other habits. We have to form good habits. We have to pray some, or spend some time in prayer every day. We have to always give thanks, not looking at the negatives, not complaining, and always give thanks and try to see the silver lining in everything that God sends our way. And try to see God's hand in everything. Remember, he can work all things into good for those who love him. Maybe it's better said, or another way to say it, those who follow him. Those who are faithful to him. Those who do not give up. Those who persevere. Those who stay in the game, stay in the race, run the race, St. Paul says. Keeping our eyes on the prize, on the finish line, which is Christ Jesus. And ultimately, refraining, refraining from evil. Resisting the temptation. And as we say in the act of contrition, we just had, a, it seems like a zillion, confessions the last couple days or this last week with the, the whole school. And uh, the first reconciliations we had uh, yesterday with 60 or 70, the little kids, 
And they say in the act of contrition, as we do, avoid the near occasion of sin. So ultimately retaining, refraining from evil, resisting temptation in the near occasion to sin. Learning to rejoice always is part of a larger package of a life of virtue in which everything is related. This is the package that the servant in Isaiah came to teach us. And this is the package that Mary lived out so well. St. Paul says we should be blameless in spirit, soul, and body. This clearly shows there are sins of the body, sins of the soul, and sins of the spirit. Sins of the body, fornication, gluttony, sloth, sins of the soul, lust, avarice, wrath, sins of the spirit, pride, arrogance, heresy, rejection of God. All of us, we need all of us to remain blameless for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Not just during Advent, not just for Christmas, but each and every day. Following Christ means not just believing, but actually being transformed. Becoming blameless so we can stand at the final judgment. This calls to mind an individual focus on both the first and the second coming of Christ. We want to keep our sight on both horizons. Waiting for the liturgical coming of Christmas recalls his first coming and looks forward to his second. So what do we do this Sunday? We rejoice. God knows us. He knows our poverty. He knows our weakness. He knows our humanity, and he is sending and has sent us, his servants, Jesus, to feed our hungry souls with himself and teach us that in God and in God alone is joy. So let's stay humble, humble like the Blessed Virgin. Let's stay humble like John the Baptist and keep our fingers pointed to Jesus, telling others about him. Come, Lord Jesus, come into our hearts into our minds, and into our souls. Amen.